This week we got all the C words you need. Caffeine pills, coffee, cheating, cocaine, cam girls, and Christmas. We watch Secret Santa. We watch it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. Merry Christmas, Moon Goons! We're just days away from Christmas. And you are listening to the Horrible Horror Podcast, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your jolly, jingly host, Marshall Hampton. With me is always my buddy, my Christmas-loving friend, the ever... I can't... I'm fuck. I can't think of any more really good Christmas adjectives. So, Aaron... Southworth, how are you doing today? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, Marshall. I got seasonal affective depression. I'm just got the Christmas blues. You got the sad. So bummed out. This is like the worst Christmas ever. Aww. Can't see any family or friends or get together for gift exchanges. And I just want to die. Oh, no. That's horrible. That's so but I'm glad I watched this movie. But we watched this movie, and this movie should make it all better. I uh, doubt it, but let's try. <laughs> this week's movie. But on, is... honestly, on, on on the honest note, I I am, dude. I honestly got the blues. I'm I, I'm I'm really down this Christmas, which is really odd for me. That is considering really odd I'm for usually you. A, I'm a Christmas caroling motherfucker. Yeah, you but are. Uh, yeah, this 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 year has really got me down. Like. Uh, it, it's really uncharacteristic for me, and I don't like it. I'm tired of being grumpy and morose. Yeah, I actually thought you were doing a bit at the beginning here. I didn't realize it was you were that serious. <laughs> it was you were getting hit that hard. Um, no, there's some def- definite truth to it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not Eeyore, but you know, I'm definitely not <laughs> not the same. You know, I'm sorry to hear that, but let's let's hope. Let's, yeah, it sucks. let's bring up your mood, man. Let's let's try to cheer you up by talking about this uh, wonderful independent Christmas horror movie. Um, you say that was such a conviction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week's movie is Secret Santa. Uh, this was released on November 28th of 2015. Um, it was made in Canada. So if you've been listening to the show for a while recently, you kind of might know that we have not had very good luck with Canadian movies recently. <laughs> Canadian have... horror has been real hit and miss. There's been a few that are okay, but the majority of them are stinkers. Yeah, so that right along right off the bat, where that's not a good sign um, for 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 what we got coming up, lying ahead. Um, so this is written and directed by Mike McMurrin. So same guy, writer, director. Uh, you can find it currently on Amazon Prime for free. And the only people in the cast I'm really going to talk about or even mention is um, our lead girl, Nicole, is played by Annette Wozniak. And Carissa is played by Keegan Chambers. 
Now, both these girls, they're, they're pretty girls. They're, they're attractive girls. They're nice. They do a great job in this movie. They haven't really done much else uh, outside of being in the director, Mike McMurrin's, a few of his other movies. So, again, we see that, that, in the, that indie practice of a director reusing the same actors in, in other features. And so, um, but as far as other horror movies go, nothing much that you're going to recognize them from or anything of any, um, like, solid value, like, you know, but they do a fine job in this movie. Um, and really, that's all I got for anything to talk about, before, you know, before we get right into this. So, so I mean, do you have a, a list of what other movies this guy has done? No, because there's nothing that is really worth mentioning. Um, he, I mean, so he's not in the horror world. Um, I, he might so, have done he, so he did other movies, but not horror movies. He might have done one other horror movie, but not, again, nothing I've ever heard of. I looked it up, you know. I don't re, I took these notes like two weeks ago. Um, like originally, we were, this movie was supposed to be done a while ago, but we had to push, we were supposed to have a special guest on, but she had to had family stuff come up, so we had to reschedule with her, and the movie got pushed back. Um, so it's been a while, but yeah, he has done a few other things, but nothing anyone's ever going to have heard of. And I might have been like one other horror movie again, a really low budget indie movie. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't think about writing it down. Um, no worries. So just another big this. letdown, just like the rest of this Christmas. Oh come on! Oh my gosh! All right, let's uh, let's get you some <laughs> egg, alcoholic eggnog. Let's spike your eggnog and let's let's go, um, dude. I've I've got fucking. Guinness here. I've got my Santa's little helper flask. I don't know if you can see that. I've also got two other beers in the waiting, dude. I'm 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 Christmas depression ready. All right. Well, at least we got that. So, all right, here we go. The movie we open with these two college girls, Jesse, or I'm sorry, Jerry and Carissa. Uh, Carissa, who's drunk and wasted, and Jerry's kind of helping her home from a party, um, or some club or something after because they get kicked out because Carissa threw up on someone at the party and they kicked her out. So they get home. Carissa throws up on Jerry and there's a, it's a pretty good, good, proper gross looking vomit for in a, it's not just cheesy, like liquidy gunk. It's, it's a pretty proper yeah. good vomit. This intro, this little intro right here, you know, the dialogue they had back and forth, the story they're telling it works. They're not trying too hard. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel forced. So I'm like, okay, I kind of like what's, uh, what's going on so far. I'm in. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Like, again, I was expecting the acting and open to be way worse. Cause you know, people trying to act drunk can, it's, it's a lot harder to pull off realistically without being over the top ridiculous about it, but they do a good job. And the, the sober girl is playing off of it very well. Um, I so, think she's a method actor. I think she just got hammered. <laughs> um, it's also worth noting that this movie it has a very like a, an old film strip slash grindhouse filter effect added to it, so they 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 made it you know try to date it. Um, so we it cuts now to Jerry entering her bedroom. She strips down naked so she can take a shower. Um, you do get to see a bit of her naked. Um, after a shower, she goes back to her room and finds a gift wrap box on her bed. And the tag on it reads, Merry Christmas from your secret Santa. After reading the tag, she shouts out into the hallway, Hey, we're not supposed to do secret Santa until tomorrow. Um, so now we know that she lives with other people. She has roommates. 
Uh, Jerry opens the box and finds an old power drill inside. Like this thing is beat up, and like, it is an old power drill. Like maybe like one of the first power drills ever. Produced. Yeah, it looks like a power drill you would find at a yard sale. And this is definitely like a power drill that you would have to plug in. I don't think it's wireless, but they don't show it far enough away. No, so I'm wondering if she plugged she she gave it the old rawr, rawr, you know as you do. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's definitely a, a uh, plug-in power drill. A hundred percent. You're right on that. If you don't give the power drill a couple of torques before you use it, you're not a real man, or you're not human. I guess <laughs> I should say. Yeah, because every time that, I pick up rawr, rawr, my power drill, no matter kidding. what, no matter how charged it is, I was like, rawr, rawr. I'm like, yep, that's ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I always get a kick out of it. I'm like, rawr, rawr. yeah. Um. So, uh, where was I? So, um, uh, power door. So she turns on the radio and heads back into the bathroom, uh, for some hair thingy. It's either a straightener or a crimper. I don't fucking know, but something straightener. Thank you. And when she goes back to the bedroom, she sees that the box is gone. And again, she shouts out into the hallway. Whoever's messing with me, it's 10 PM on a Friday and I'm sober. I'm not in the mood, which I thought was just funny. Um, pretty good. So now we meet Olivia, aka or Liv, who comes out of her bedroom. She and Jerry chit chat for a bit, uh, and Jerry starts to head back to her room. Um, Olivia says, "Holler if you need anything," and goes back to her bedroom, even though it's labeled "office" on the door. Office. Which is kind of, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, but as soon as Olivia's door closes. We see a man dressed in all black wearing a ski mask pop up behind Jerry, grab her, and then drag her back into uh, Jerry's bedroom. The masked man turns the radio volume up, then tosses Jerry onto the bed. He covers her face with a pillow, grabs the power drill, and drills through the pillow into Jerry's face. Blood and feathers fly everywhere as we hear muffled screams of Jerry coming from underneath the pillow. And then when the killer pulls the drill out of the pillow, we see that Jerry's soft, wet eye is stuck on the end of the build, uh, the, the the drill bit. And that's our opening kill. And then we just go straight into roll the title card in the opening credits. So, you know, pretty, you know, I think pretty solid opening kill there. I mean, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty solid. Um, and I, I got to say, this kill with the grindhouse kind of like feature. Usually I'm not a huge fan of that. Usually I'm like, just shoot what you got. Don't put a filter on it. But what helped it so much for me was the music. They used great synthesizer music, which kind of just, it's cut from the cloth of John Carpenter. So you've got that like late seventies, early, early eighties kind of feel, you know, with, with the synthesizer music, the grindhouse, you kind of film, and, you know, even the even the equipment they're using is old. Something about it just fucking works, man. I'm enjoying it so far. I agree. I 100% agree. And I, I, I um, the fact that you said most of the time when they add that, like, grindhouse old film strip filters to things, I, I don't like it. Like, I, I don't care for it. But in this one, again, it didn't really bother me too much. And it kind of worked. So I'm still all in. You know, I'm still fine. I'm good. So we fade in on the next morning. A hungover Crystal wakes up on the floor next to her vomit pan. Um, outside, we see two girls and a guy walking down a sidewalk. A black car drives by and like, accidentally sprays them with like the snowy slush. And the car turns into the driveway of our main character's house. And out gets Brian. So we meet Brian. 
And we cut to one of the bedrooms where we meet our main girl, Nicole, who we see works as a webcam girl to make some extra cash on the side. And she's in the middle of a show. Uh, and she hears knocking on her front door, which makes her quickly stop her show. She's like, oh, shit, someone's here. So she freaks out. Krista wakes up, also hearing the knocking. She answers the door, lets Brian in, and hollers for Nicole. Nicole comes rushing out of her room, and the two of them leave together. Uh, give us, And we kind of give the idea here that Nicole and Brian are dating or, or an item or something at this point. And now we cut to another new character, Dwayne, who we see passed out at his computer desk. Uh, and we get the idea he passed out while studying because there's a stack of books next to him. None of these are textbooks, by the way. They're just like old, old books. <laughs> so I, um, so now we get, the a, old books. we get a series of flashbacks of Dwayne, Brian, and Nicole that are in their History 403 class. So by that logic, I'm guessing they're all upperclassmen and it would have to be history majors because there's no way anyone would take a 400-level history class if it's not in their major. So it's a really good point. I kind of forgot about that part. Yeah. Cause I look back at Cal like, wait a minute, 400 level that that's major. Like you don't take that as an elective. <laughs> you take history one oh one as your core requirement or elective. You don't take 400. So they all have to be history majors here. Um, so, what about minors? What, I mean, are they, could there be minors in history until it's like a 400 level class? Maybe, maybe, but I, that's still, that's, rough but um, in a weird way if they are all taking the same class and they're all history majors it may explain why they're all buds you know yeah i mean they're all in the same class uh so and they all sit next to each other because that's always one of your gripes is like why do these people have the same class and still hang out together Whoa. Yeah, right i do I, but in this one i did one it's only three of like the what six seven characters that we see in one class together um and if they are all in the same major then it would it's very probable they'd all have the same class. So I didn't care about this much because it's not like we saw Olivia and Carissa and everybody else all in the class together like we do in so many other ones. It was just these three. Um, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, anyway, in the series of flashbacks, it takes us from the start of the semester, week one, all the way up to the present time where the movie takes place. And in each flashback, it kind of jumps a few weeks. We see Dwayne. Um, never taking any notes. He's sleeping during class, coming in late, or just plain not even there. Because uh, he just assumes that the teacher will post all the notes online and they can just get it later. Um, the last flashback then says three days ago, and we see Dwayne chugging coffee, snorting some kind of white powder, which Aaron and I have been talking about off before we record, whether it's ca- cocaine or just chopped up uh, caffeine pills. Because you do see a bottle of pills there. Uh, so we weren't sure. Uh, you know, make up your own decision on that. Um, and he sits down at his computer, ready for a 72-hour study cram session. Uh, but what he was not expecting is that the servers would be down. And he can't get those notes he thought would be there. And uh, it forced him to try to read every single history book ever made, I guess. That's the, that's the shtick. Uh, I'm feeling it's present. cocaine, man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it's cocaine because that definitely that shit keeps you up. But <laughs> he treats it with such disdain, you know, because it's an expensive drug. You take very good care. You cut it into fine lines, and he's got like this giant line. He's like, wow, <laughs> going across. So maybe it is caffeine pills, but at the same time, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling coke just because uh, that's the spirit I'm in. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm in that cocaine spirit. Uh, so we <laughs> cut back to the present. Dwayne's alarm clock goes off, waking him uh, up. He uh, he wakes up, slaps himself in the face, gets himself all psyched up, and says, "All right, let's do this shit." Grabs his book bag and leaves to go take his final. We cut to Olivia entering Professor Ramsey's office to give him the last of the exam booklets they asked for, um, and that and then she starts to like rub his shoulders, ask if there's anything else he needs. It's like, hmm, okay. Uh, where we've seen all so many poor movies starting this way. Um, he says, no, not this time. But Olivia says like, Hey, I'm only gonna be your TA for three more hours. So there's their relationship right there. Uh, she's his TA. Uh, and then I guess that grew into something more, uh, to which Randy says for three hours, that's three hours for us to get caught. Um, Olivia again says it's more fun that way. Ramsey tells her, hey, give me today, and after the exams, we can announce that we're a couple. All right, just let me get through exams, and we'll announce to be that it's a couple. It won't matter anymore. We'll be in the clear. So she's like, So I know what you, 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 the listeners may be thinking is that it may not feel age appropriate, as this is the professor and it's a young TA working. But dude, they look age appropriate. They, they look I, very I, much. Yeah, it's not an old professor. He's like, yeah. basically the same age as they are almost he's a little bit older just maybe, maybe a little older yeah um and he's he's hispanic pakistani i can't tell he's ramsey i'm dark saying he's hair. middle eastern uh ram i don't think it's i don't i'm thinking ramsey he's some kind of middle eastern descent um, egyptian let's egyptian, go egyptian maybe <laughs> sure sure um so maybe he just has a but he looks younger yeah he's definitely he's definitely like in his late twenties, early thirties. Uh, yeah. So, um, where are they? So if Olivia live invites him to a small get together at her place tonight, uh, and he answers that he's like, I'm not really a party dude. And he feels uncomfortable partying with his students, but she reminds him again that what he just said, like after exams are no longer his students anymore. She begs him and basically gets him to agree to go come to the party. Um, Liv sits on his lap. They make out for a bit till someone knocks on his office door to which he tosses Liv off of his lap on the floor, uh, which is kind of funny the way he does. I, I, it's, it was fun. It was good. And where we hear her say, she's like, Oh, my face. And it's, I'm not doing it right, but it was actually pretty funny. It was, it was a good bit. Uh, we cut to Carissa wrapped in a towel back in her house, looking for her hair straightener. There we go. You're right, Aaron. It was a straightener. Uh, she finds it in Jerry's nightstand drawer, and as she gets out gets out of the drawer, the camera pans down, and we see Jerry's body wrapped up in a tarp underneath the bed. Uh, but Kristen doesn't see it, and she just leaves the room. We go back. You know to how Nicole. I know it's a straightener. Yeah, you're right, it's a straightener. Uh, we well, go back. You know how I know? Because uh, I guess your wife has one or something. My it's- wife. I live with her for. I've lived with her since 2006, and in our old apartment, she had a brand new beautiful like 150 dollar and at the time it was very expensive for us because we were very poor at the time uh straightener but she was a very very messy girl would leave clothes strewn all about the room and me being hung over and drunk in the morning walking through the bedroom (laughs) i stepped on it and broke it into pieces because it was under it was covered by like a pair of her underwear or something and I smashed it. And she never let me forget about it. It was around Christmas time. And she assumed I would buy one for her for Christmas. <laughs> and I didn't. Because <laughs> I felt like, hey, you have that on the floor covered by clothes. It's Count not my fault. fault. <laughs> but I never heard the end of it. 
So years ago, I bought her a straightener, a curler, and a fucking super Italian hair dryer. <laughs> so I know my hair appliances now, man. Because <laughs> I never was able to forget. That's that's pretty funny. Um, so we go back to Nicole and Brian pulling into uh, one of the school's parking lots or something. And Brian's like, hey, can I see your notes one more time before the test? And so he's like, yeah, sure. She opens her bag to get him. And on top, right there on top of her bag is a pretty good-sized black dildo. And she quickly closes her bag before Brian can see it. And he's like, oh, I, just, I guess I forgot him. Uh, at this point, Dwayne pops up, knocking on the window, um, uh, the door window. Uh, he gets in the back seat, all hopped up on coffee, cocaine, cocaine maybe, or caffeine pills. He's hopped up on something. Who knows what? And I mean, he's like twitching. He's got like the caffeine twitches or cocaine twitches. Um, and I gotta say, I kind of actually liked Dwayne in this movie. Like his character delivers some pretty solid uh, comedic moments, I thought. Uh, so I kind of enjoy it. Not him. overdoing it. Not overdoing it. It's so easy to overdo. It would be so easy to overdo what he, you know, what he's trying to do. But they, he, he's found that balance. Um, so it was, it worked out. It was really good. Uh, we go back to the house where Carissa is standing in front of a mirror, holding up some little black lacy lingerie bit. And we see her saw, see her call someone on her phone. She's like, Hey baby, I just want to call and say good luck this morning with your test. And while she's on the phone, we see a mystery person spying on her from her closet. Uh, Carissa has this awesome, she has this awesome back tattoo, by the way, too. It's really cool. Um, big piece. What is it of? I wasn't quite sure, but it just looked awesome. I know. They show it a lot. They show that tattoo a lot, and I'm like, is, I, 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 is it wings, maybe? Was yeah, it wings? I can't tell. I don't know if it was it like a tribal like wings or something, but it was really cool looking, and I liked it. Um, she goes on to say that she has a surprise for him tonight, and sorry she was so grouchy this morning. So, hmm, wait a minute. This morning we saw her woke up hungover and the only person we talked to, who could she be talking to, right? Is it someone we've already met, maybe? Well, that gets answered right now because the movie cuts to Brian on the other end of the phone as Nicole takes her seat in the background. Uh, Brian's like, hey, I can't talk right now. Hangs up and go joins to go join Nicole and Dwayne uh, getting ready to take their test. So apparently Brian's been a very bad boy double dipping his wick uh, behind Nicole's back. And uh, Carissa goes over to the closet, pulls out some clothes, gets gets dressed for the day. So, so Brian, to- I just call Canadian Xander. He looks like Xander, kind of like a Canadian version of Xander from Buffy the Vampire. He Slayer. does. He's got that head shape. Only his he's got a little bigger head, but he's got the same hair style, color. You're right. That's kind of Xander esque. Canadian Xander. Um. So we go back to live grading exams at Ramsey's desk, and she opens a desk drawer and finds a small. A uh, gift wrap box wrapped in the same wrapping paper that the one Jerry found on her bed w- is wrapped in, and she's a, she's uh, uh, about to open it, which I find kind of fucked up because she doesn't want she doesn't know it's for her. There's no name on it. Uh, maybe this is a gift for his mother. Why is she opening gifts that in in his dress drawer? That is a snoopy bitch. That's fucked up. Um, right. So, but anyway, she doesn't, and we jump back to. To the three, uh, to, to three guys, three characters about to, ready to take their final exam. Brian lies to Nicole saying it was just his mother on the phone wishing him good luck. Dwayne pulls out his bottle of caffeine pills. 
Uh, but it turns out the bottle is empty, to which he's like, oh, shit. And uh, he looks over at Nicole. At this point, he's starting to get have, hallucinate and have, uh, well, basically just hallucinations from his sleep-deprived state of mind. And her, Nicole's face starts to get all warped and distorted, and he's freaking out a bit. Um, it's pretty funny, actually. And, you know, I've, I've never been that sleep-deprived. I have. I've done a lot of acid. <laughs> and I can see, like, how that could happen. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can sympathize with this because uh, my freshman year of college when I was uh, ru- pledging my fraternity, when, going through my hell week, uh, yeah, I, we stayed up uh, for like a couple of days on it, hell week. You know, we, I was surprised, I, yeah, I had some uh, some minor effects <laughs> to that sort from being that sleep deprived. Um, they left, they kept you up for a couple of days? Yeah, it was part of the, you know, process or... You know, I the, think by the Geneva Convention, that's classified as torture, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, whatever. I, it, it Those sons of bitches torture <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to say anything else about it right now. But I had no problem. I, I went through it. I survived <laughs> it. I was proud of it at the time. And you know, whatever. Moving on. Um, Fuck him up, raw. Uh, yeah, fuck you. Um, anyway, so moving on. Uh, Ramsey enters, telling everyone to turn off their phones. It's time to take the test. We cut back to Liv, who is now back at her house. She finds Carissa setting up some decorations, Christmas decorations for the party. And goddamn, I guess I love the simple but sexy little outfit that Carissa's wearing. It's just like these short denim booty shorts. She's got like little, like that little, uh, the bottom of her ass is kind of hanging out to that perfect, you know, and like these black thigh high stockings and this like blue, like there's like, a little thigh gap. Yeah. A little thigh gap going. And she's got the, uh, like this blue, it's not a tube top, but it's like a halter top halter top. Thank you. And it just, she just looks fucking smoking hot to me at this point. She, she, and I, mean, I swear to God, this had the, the wardrobe had to have been picked out by a dude. Cause I don't think any chick is going to wear that elaborate of an outfit to be like, kicking around her house just decorating for christmas well you know maybe but keep in mind they are having a party tonight so she wants to look good and she is at this point still having a fling with brian so she maybe she and you know she's trying to dress up and i guess she's maybe she's also just a high maintenance girl who always has to be at her best i've known a girl like that in college who and still to this that's, day who, that's so. a little much that's a little much um I don't know, man. When you're in your twenties, you kind of—I remember wanting to look good all the time when I was when I was their age. So, so you wore your booty shorts and halter. I wore my booty shorts around the fraternity house all the time with my thigh highs, man. I I rocked that (laughs) shit. (laughs) I I stand corrected then. (laughs) Um, So the two of them have this short conversation. It ends with Carissa popping a bottle of champagne, and Liv asks if Carissa has seen Jerry today. Carissa's like, "No, I haven't seen her. Not since last night." Liv goes on saying that Jerry thought someone uh, was playing a prank on her and that she was not, uh, and that Jerry was not in her room this morning either. Of course, all this gets blown off is no big deal. And they move past it. We cut to Dwayne back at his dorm room after the final. And he just um, face, he face plants face first onto his bed to sleep. But it's pretty much as soon as his head hits the pillow, the fire alarm goes off in the building, forcing everyone to evacuate and Dwayne just, Dwayne just screams up to the heavens like, why? And again, it's just, you feel for the guy and it's, it's, it's amusing. It's, it's a good Now I, I love this part because I went to college at SIU Carbondale, big 
school, you know, localized campus, a ton of people from Chicago come there. So they had these giant dorms, yeah, two gigantic towers and several small dorms throughout the entire campus. And always at the giant, the towers, people would pull the alarm. And we're talking, this is 20, 28 floors of dorm rooms that would have to evacuate. So it became like a thing. If you got caught, you were like possibly suspended, if not expelled. But it would happen once a month, at least once a month. Really? Someone that would pull frequently? the fucking alarm. That frequently. Like people come home drunk. People would be like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like a thing. So when I saw that, I was like, yes, yes. So I luckily stayed in one of the smaller doors. Yeah, you never, you were not in the tower. I remember the towers coming to visit you and seeing those two towers up in, but yeah, you never stayed in those. No, but whenever the towers got pulled, like I'd get a knock at the door and it'd be like some friends who said, Hey man, can I just crash here? You know, they just pulled, someone pulled it. It's, it's two in the morning. I want to go to sleep. I'm like, yeah, man, come on in. You know, or, you know, like if you were in Paula Riker, she would come over a lot and just be like, dude, I didn't need to crash. Oh, I didn't realize Paula was in the uh, tower. I, I thought she was in one of the other dorms, but yeah, I remember her. Um, so but yeah, so I can sympathize with that. I thought that was really funny. Uh, we go back to Nicole and Brian arriving back at their house. Uh, before they get out of the car, Nicole says to Brian, like, hey, like, hey, there's something I got to tell you. I need to come, you know. Uh, she starts stumbling over her words, trying to tell him about how she's a webcam girl, but she ends up bailing on that idea and just changes the subject. Um, she reminds him about the party tonight, kisses him, exits the car. Inside, she goes into the kitchen, uh, and someone tells her she has mail, which Nicole is not thrilled about because it's all just bills. And like, you kind of see like, this whole point, like, that's why she did the webcam thing because she's so far behind in like, her tuition and all these bills that she had to do this webcamming thing to make up the extra money. Um, so this is like, oh, fuck, more bills. Now I got to do like another show to make up for it. So while looking in the fridge, she finds a rather large cucumber um, that, and she has like this light bulb idea moment. And she shouts out like, Hey, is anyone going to eat this cucumber? Not getting a reply. Yeah. She kind of gives a smile and takes off with it. Um, we cut back to Dwayne standing out front of his dorm in the cold, watching his like police and firemen, like do their thing. And we hear someone off camera scream, bring in the bomb squad to which Dwayne at Dwayne at this point just starts crying. Cause he knows it's going to be like <laughs> hours before he can get back to sleep or get in there. Uh, we go right back to Nicole in her bedroom. She's sitting on the end of her bed wearing like, a pink wig and a chef's hat. And she's just started her webcam show. And she's doing this Russian accent. And says, welcome to cooking with naughty Nikki. And sitting next to her is this bowl of just large gourds. And she picks up the giant cucumber we just saw and starts stroking it off like a dick. And uh, she tells her, like, hey, guys, I just need $200 to start the show. And you start hearing like this sound effect of like ching 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 from coming from the computer, and we see someone outside of her window spying on, watching her through the window, and some of her webcam viewers are like warning, like, "Hey, there's somebody outside your window," and she like turns around, she but she doesn't see anyone. She gets upset the viewer for fucking with her, and she bans the guy. It's like, hey, that's not funny, Jimmy Jellyfish. I thought that was actually a pretty pretty cool moment. Yeah, yeah, it's it it is. Um, definitely kind of like a real moment. Like I like how that it kind of, it was, it was good. It, it played well. Poor, 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 poor porn viewer trying to be good and like, look out for Jimmy jellyfish. Banned. Yes. Jimmy jellyfish trying to be good. Uh, but she, he ends up getting kicked out of the show, uh, and banned. So we go back at this point, we go right back to Dwayne walking down some street 
and he comes across the three people we saw earlier that got sprayed with the uh, snowy slush. Um, and it turns out they're Christmas carolers and they're trying to collect money for some charity. Uh, they asked Dwayne if he could, would like to donate. And the guy in the group rings his bell, uh, uh, in Dwayne's face playful, you know, there's a little like, you know, like, like the guys with the Salvation Army, the red buckets have a little bell. Yeah. Uh, but Dwayne snaps and just grabs the bell, beats it into the ground while screaming. He comes to his senses and cries after realizing what he's done. He's losing his mind. Uh, Dwayne finally arrives at the the main house of where the girls live. Liv tells him he's too early for the party, but Dwayne's just like, I just want to sleep. Just, I just need to sleep. And she's like, all right, come on in. And she, Liv takes him to Jerry's room so he can sleep. Uh, there's also a funny moment when the sleep-deprived Dwayne confuses Carissa for Nicole. Uh, it's kind of funny. And it's, the way I like it is because Carissa's facial expression and her reaction is just like, you're not going to be able to see me what I'm doing because you can't see me. But it's pretty funny <laughs> and well-played. Uh, just a subtle bit of good acting right there. Um, Liv and Carissa help Dwayne to Jerry's room. Uh, when they enter it, they're hit with the horrible smell, uh, but Dwayne ignores it and just face plants on the bed and pretty much instantly passes out. Now we cut to the man in black that we saw earlier, the killer, at a workbench putting together another gift wrap present. Uh, in this one, he places a large meat cleaver. Uh, and and all right the presents are la- wrapped with the same wrapping paper. Yes, yes. Uh, good point. Thanks for bringing it back up. Uh, if I it's didn't the that. same wrapping paper that you saw in the desk of uh, the professor. Yes, Professor Ramsey's desk. Ramsey, yeah. Um, we cut back to Carissa, who just apparently, I guess, just barges into Brian's house and surprises him. Because uh, Brian's in the middle of hitting his bong. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, hey, you just left your door open locked, so I just let myself in. Uh, Brian's like, hey, you can't be here. You have to go. Chris's like, hey, uh, that he wasn't keen on uh, leaving her the other night and asked if he wants to have a quickie before the party. Uh, Brian tells like, hey, whatever happened the other night was a mistake. I'm with, he, he's with Nicole. Um, but hearing the word mistake upsets Chris a bit, who fires back saying it wasn't Nicole's name that he was shouting the other night and asked what he's sees Nicole anyway and calls Nicole a boring prep and probably a lousy lay too. Uh, Brian insists that they're over. He loves Nicole. Get out. We're not doing this anymore. Chris threatens to tell Nicole about their affair. Uh, but Brian's like, hey, hey you know, there's one thing. But he's like, hey, Brian, there's one thing you can do to keep me quiet. Uh, and so, so, and we just cut to Carissa tossing Brian's wallet on the table and we see her now wearing like a brand new fur-lined leather coat, holding like six shopping bags, and she puts on her new like designer sunglasses. She calls them a peach and leaves. And I'm like, cold but funny. Like, I, get, I, <laughs> he I bought her it. silence. I that was pretty good. I, I kind of wish it was done a little better. Uh, I guess for, from an editing standpoint, because it just looked like. All of a sudden, it just cut to her with all this stuff. Right. They didn't give any indication that she has already gone, shopped, and come back. Right. Uh, I don't know I exactly how they would have fixed it, but it still was kind of like, what what, what the fuck? Oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought the exact same thing, but I, they might, again, just as any budget, they probably didn't have budget or time to go, like, shoot a shopping montage. Right. And then uh, had to fit that in before the party, too. So, yeah, I agree. It was a little hastily and poorly done, but the overall gag 
and bit was still kind of funny and it still plays. It paid off. It paid off. It, it paid off. Just not. It could have been. It could have been better, but it still pays off. So we gut packed to Nicole, who's wrapping up her webcam show. Again, someone knocks on her door. She panics, quickly shuts off her computer, tosses her wig off, and wraps herself in a blanket. Opens the door. Liv enters. Uh, see, Liv sees all the food on the bed and starts picking it all up, saying, hey, you're supposed to share these. This is for everybody. Uh, Nicole meets Liv in the kitchen, where Liv is cutting up the veggies that uh, and putting them into like the pieces into a blender. And the look on Nicole's face as she watches Liv prepare these veggies, uh, all that the vegetables that she has done horrible, horrible things with, it's pretty good. Again, it, it's a good bit. Um, Liv offers her some of her blended veggie juice, but Nicole's like, nope, nope, declines. And she's had her fill of roughage today. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, yeah. Again, it's fine. It, it, it plays. We go back to Dwayne, who rolls out of bed, falls onto the floor. When he opens his eyes, he finds himself face-to-face with Jerry's dead body. But uh, he's so sleep-deprived that before he can fully register what he's seen or he's looking at, he passes out again. Nicole enters the room to check on him and help him up. At this point, Dwayne tries to, ex- tries to explain that he saw Jerry under the bed and she's missing an eye. Of course, Nicole doesn't believe him, but she does look under the bed to humor Dwayne. But when Nicole looks under the bed, Jerry's body is now gone. So Nicole tucks Dwayne back into bed and she leaves. Um, now, this is the, maybe the one part I might have had a little issue with. In this, because if the body really was there and not just a hallucination, there's no way somebody would have been able to come in and get that body out of that house without being seen in the amount of time before Nicole comes in to help him up. So that's one of my bigger complaints about this movie. Like That, that, that one bothered me a bit. I think with the way it's been edited and shot and the way we kind of gave it a little bit of leeway with the shopping montage that they do couldn't shoot, maybe they just didn't do a very good job of showing the elapse of time. Maybe. I mean, yeah, because I guess we don't really know how much time passed between him seeing the body and when Nicole comes in, like when he passed out again. But it's right. still like for somebody to get the body out of the house – from out from under a bed with him in the way. Like, I don't know. That's the one that one, that one did bother me a bit, but, um, so anyway, Nicole ends up out in the living room with Liv as someone else spies on them through the window while doing the whole like heavy breathing thing. Um, the stalker looks over and sees the pizza delivery dude ringing the doorbell. Nicole answers the door, pays for the pizza. The pizza dude's like, Hey, I don't I recognize you from somewhere. Nicole panics, says I have one of those faces and just basically closes the door on him. Um, Did you notice she was paying with with American cash? Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, yeah, she was she was paying with American dollars, with dollar dues, real dollars. Huh. Which huh. I, I found kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe they take dollars in Canada now. I don't know. Um, so, so I looked it pe- up. I looked I looked up uh, where this was shot, and it's in it's like right across. Uh, was it Lake Superior or Lake Erie from uh, from Michigan? Okay, so it's super close to the United States. Interesting. Uh, I didn't even know that part. Um, Pizza dude goes back to his car, and when he turns on his headlights, he sees some guy in a hoodie lurking outside the house. Pizza dude's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Get out of there!" And uh, the lurker takes off running. Uh, the pizza dude gives chase for a little bit, but loses sight of the guy, and he's like, "Fuck it!" and he just goes back to his car. 
But when the pizza dude gets back into his car, the killer in all black with the ski mask pops up in the backseat, kills pizza dude by slicing his throat with a knife. Uh, the slow, the throat cutting uh, doesn't look that bad either for a, for a low budget movie. It's pretty solid. Um, yeah. It's definitely better than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a lot worse because uh, we've seen some terrible, terrible throat uh, cuts in the past. And I was expecting that. But this one was pretty solid. Yeah, he was even like sawing into it, like, ah, 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 like back and forth, back and forth. So inside, Liv is setting up for the party. Brian arrives at this point. He and Chris exchange some awkward greetings. Uh, pretty much at this point, all of our main characters gather in the living room. Everyone's kind of here now. Nicole, Brian, Liv, Chris, and even Dwayne has gotten up and now joins them. Um, Nicole again asks if anyone's seen or heard from Jerry. Um, Liv's like, hey, I'll go try to text her now. Leaves the room, telling the others to eat up all these like little appetizers or finger foods that she's made. Um, everyone grabs some food that Liv's just prepared, eats it, and they instantly spit it right back out. Uh, in the kitchen, Liv sends a text to Jerry Heads back to the others. When she re-enters the living room, all the others scramble to try to hide the food they just spit out. Um, again, it's a good it's a good little bit of physical comedy here. Um, Liv mentions that she forgot the candles, leaves again. The others tell Dwayne to get rid of the food. So he takes the tray, tosses the food out the front door. And this leads to another, a funny moment again when Liv comes back in and thinks that they all oh, love the food so much. It's like, oh, I'll go get some more. And everyone's waka, waka. like, oh, fuck. Um, at this point, Ramsey arrives. Professor Ramsey shows up. Liv takes him into the living room to, and introduces everyone to him as her boyfriend. Not just Professor Ramsey, but hey, he's my boyfriend. Uh, at this point, I'm going to skip ahead a few minutes. Um, skip a little bit of the chitter chat. Party safe to when Liv gets a text back from Jerry saying that she left last minute because her grandfather died. So they're kind of filled that gap. Yes, they're trying to fill that gap. Um, and after that comes another funny moment when Liv burns her casserole in the oven and then Dwayne, we see her Dwayne dancing behind her in excitement that the f- terrible food's been burnt and they don't have to eat it. Um, then we see a gloved hand reach down and take a bag of secret Santa gifts from under the tree and replace it with an identical bag. And now this is the other problem I had because like how this person does this without being seen is a fucking mystery for the ages considering the tree is in the living room and so are Nicole and Carissa and like, like we've seen, we've seen now these people in the living room and he just reaches in, grabs his bag, replaces it and it gets out without being seen. Um, and it's I'm right there with you. And that, that makes me it, like, when I see that, when I see like the blatant disregard for the awareness of other people in the living room, it makes you think, okay, it's an inside job. Yes. One of these one of these guests is the the, the culprit here. Yeah, I can't yeah, you can't get that idea too, but it's still But they keep showing it's a big black sweater gloved hand yeah. doing this. So it's 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 like are they changing costume are they changing outfits that like it doesn't make sense. No. Because I... you 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 think okay, yeah, it's an inside job, it's an inside person. That's how they have such ability to move around in such a, you know, without, you know, moving in plain sight. But they're wearing completely different outfits. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Um, so next we see the lurker uh, guy uh, is now in Nicole's bedroom. 
Uh, he's snooping around her stuff and goes through her underwear drawer, pulls out a pair, and like smells them deeply. Like just inhales the shit out of that shit. Um, sniffing them panties, bitch. Sniffing them panties. Uh, meanwhile, everyone else is back in the living room where Liv gets the secret Santa party started. Uh, they all force Ramsey to be the elf and hand out the gifts. Uh, Brian goes first, unwraps the meat cleaver we saw getting unwrapped earlier. And Krista says, hey, that's not what I got you. And this leads to a lot of confusion in the group. Um, everyone takes a break at this point. They go get more drinks. Ramsey excuses himself to go to use the bathroom. Uh, so I guess you're kind of giving that, okay, everybody's split up. No one's in a group. So again, if they're trying to play off that, it could be something in the house that everybody's now alone and something. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're going for here. Um, but they should have done this before they did the old switcheroo with the presents. Yeah. You know, give the impression that they all separated, someone moves, like they all went their separate ways for a moment or two. Yeah. I, but I, they didn't do that before. I think that's a I think that's a really good idea. Good point what you just said. I think that maybe if they did that first, it wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah, I think that's a that would have been a great way to fix it. That's kind of genius right there. Um so Thank you. Uh <laughs> I G that that, that kind of lifted my Christmas spirit here. Um, Nicole asks to talk to Brian in private and takes him to her bedroom. Before she opens her bedroom door, she tells him that, hey, there's something I have to confess. And she tells him, like, hey, what I do now and what I'm doing to make extra money is not as pretty unorthodox, as performative. And then she gets to work with a lot of people, but that she really, but it's like, hey, Brian, but remember, I really love you. Uh, she opens her door. Brian goes in and finds practically an entire sex shop laid out on her bed. It's just covering dildos and vibrators and lingerie and various large, more gourds and other phallic shaped foods and anal beads. And seeing that Brian's like confused and uh, explains that. And she explains that what she does and why she does it. And that it started as a way for her to pay off her tuition bills, but it turned out that she actually likes doing it. And she even shows. She really likes it. She really likes it. And she even yeah, shows she's got the whole fucking record- like inventory of lovers and friends. Our local sex shop like displayed on her bed. Patricia's, don't forget Patricia's with an S. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm a St. Louis guy, so I don't know. Patricia's is, that- is in St. Louis. <laughs> well, I'm I'm more of a lovers and friends guy. You know, right, it's right down right. the street from me. It's super close, man. Oh, all right, fine, fair enough. <laughs> I shop local. <laughs> I support local business. There you go. Support your local businesses during these holiday seasons. Yes, yes. Buy your dildos local. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy them from the big box stores. The big, nope. <laughs> the big online dildo market. Get, get it from your old mom and pop. <laughs> buy secondhand if you need to. Sec- ah! <laughs> <laughs> um. So she even starts showing him a previously recorded show of hers on her laptop. Brian's like, hey, I need some fresh air. I need to think. He goes outside for a smoke. Chris, at this point, goes outside to join him, asking if everything's all right. He tells her that he just found out his girlfriend's a porn star webcam model. And Chris laughs at this, saying, I just thought she was a loud masturbator. Um, Again, kind of funny, and she delivers the line well. Uh, He takes her drink from her, chugs it down. Seeing that he's upset, she's like, oh, this is my window of opportunity, I guess. And she starts to come on to him. And like starts rubbing on him and he's like shoots her down again. And he goes back into Nicole. 
After he leaves Carissa, she stands there in shock and confusion that someone would actually turn her down. Brian goes back to Nicole, comes to grips with her quote-unquote job, and even starts to get into it at this point. And he tells Nicole, like, hey, okay, I'm fine with it as long as I get a private dress rehearsal before every show. Nicole laughs at this in a playful, sexy way and agrees. And there's a funny bit with the anal beads. Um, but And they, the two of them end up making out for a little bit before Liv calls everyone back to the living room for more gift unwrapping. Ramsey gives Krista her gift. She opens it to find an old, beat-up hairdryer. Now, when I said about the, uh, the power drill being old, this thing is ancient. Like this probably is like legit the first hair dryer ever fucking made. This thing <laughs> is tore up um, to the point where it barely even looks like a hair dryer. Um, again, Nicole says, that's not, I didn't give that to you. Um, at this point, everyone starts accusing each other of messing with the gifts. Um, but one by one, they all open, open their gifts. Uh, Dwayne gets gardening shears, like proper, like Bruce, the barber beefcake, like gardening shears. Liv gets an old electric carving knife, which she's actually excited to get. She's all like, yay. Um, we cut to Nicole's stalker back at his place, watching Nicole's naughty Nikki show while caressing the panties. He stole from her room from out of nowhere. The killer pops up behind the guy and stabs him in the top of the head with a large knife, just straight down on top. Blood gushes out of his head, down his face. After he dies, the killer takes a folded piece of paper out of the guy's pocket. And when he opens it, we see it's a picture of Nicole with a heart drawn around it. So, so much blood, so So much much blood blood in this again, at sound looking kill doesn't look bad. The, the blood makes up for it. Like it helps as well. Um, little eyes to why, I don't know why the killer comes, tracks this guy all the way to his house to kill him. So he like, I don't know why, like, but whatever. Um, so back at the party, Nicole is about to open her gift when the doorbell rings. Carissa answers it, and it's the three Christmas carolers we've seen before. They start singing. Chris is about to like, close the door on them, but Liv comes like, hey, no, I want to hear them sing. I like carolers. So Chris like, whatever. She goes back to the living room where she sees Nicole and Brian making out. Upset by this, she tells Dwayne, like, come here. Well, the conf- uh, confused by this, Dwayne's like hesitant. He's like, what? Me? What? To which she says, hey, don't, do you want to get laid or not? Uh, oh, no. Do you want to get laid or not, bitch? <laughs> and then leads him to her bedroom. So she's yeah, just going to We haven't really described Dwayne too much. He's on the shorter side with a mustache, a shaved bald head. Balding, he's skinny. not exactly the most, you know, like big. He's a smaller guy, kind of ugly, you know, but kind of a goof. Yeah. So when he gets the chance to bang this chick, he's like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I know, 100%. Uh, so she's basically going to anger bang Dwayne. Um, the carolers like finished her song. Liv applauds them for a great job. But when the carolers ask for a donation, she's like, uh, nope, I don't have any money. Closes the door on them. Liv finds Ramsey in the kitchen um, holding a gift box, which he gives her. Uh, she opens it and finds a fancy snow globe in it. And she's like, oh, it's so pretty. Yay. Um, which really doesn't come back at all. So there's no, like, you think that maybe this would come back into play later or, or have some significance, but it really doesn't. 
Uh, well, I feel Christmas like ba- I feel like they're kind of gearing, like steering you towards Ramsey as the killer. Yeah, and he's got some weirdo gift for her, but nope, it's a gift she actually wants. Yeah, uh, I thought the same thing. Uh, we go back to Chris's bedroom where she throws Dwayne down the bed. Um, who's like a kid on Christmas at this? He's all giddy, like. Um, she strips her shirt off and starts making out with him. But when she reaches her hand down to his crotch, she finds that he's not hard at all. And this pisses her off asking, like, is there a problem here? Um, and Dwayne's like, Hey, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just still tired. I'm so tired. Not happy about this. Chris, gets up, storms out of the room. Dwayne's pleading with her to stay that the basketball just needs a couple of pumps to get going. Uh, while he reaches down his pants to start jerking himself off a bit. Um, so, I don't know. Kind of a good line. Whatever. Uh, Chris I was is- so mad at Clarissa, right? Really? I was so mad at her because, <laughs> hey, man, I've been in that situation a few times. And, yeah, guess what? The basketball just needs a few pumps. It just <laughs> needs a little loving. You just can't throw me on the bed, reach in my pants, and expect me to be you know, ready to go. I need a little motivation. <laughs> I need a little help sometimes, especially if I'm sleep deprived and I have had some drinks. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta help get the, the engine going before it leaves the station. <laughs> you know, I guess that's a good point, but Chris, don't have time for that shit. This was an anger bane. She's not going to put any energy into it. Um, so she drained, like drops back on the bed. I just felt bad for him. What? I just felt bad for him. I felt like this was, uh, you know, this is his chance to to bang the hottie, and he just needed a little bit of little bit of time, and he had none. <laughs> um, so to which Dwayne I believe drops he back says, on the bed. Worst day ever. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and again, I made me laugh. Like poor Dwayne just cannot get a break at anything. Uh, we cut to live in the bathroom as she checks herself out in the mirror. The killer leaps out of the shower, so somehow he got in the shower now with the electric carving knife and he stabs her in his stomach with it turns it on the knife shreds Liv's stomach apart blood's flying everywhere she coughs up lots of mouth blood before falling to the floor dead um the kill itself is so so but all i'm thinking about is where the fuck is that knife plugged in at is there a power (laughs) outlet in the shower because that would be terribly dangerous is it plugged into an extension cord? If so, where do you get the cord from? And wouldn't someone see an extension cord running through the house leading to the bathroom? Like, how is this working? <laughs> that's the one that doesn't... That, no, again, that's another big hole I have in this one. Like, that kill bothers me. It's funny. Me. That's, that's a great point, but I didn't think about that. What I thought about is, why the fuck is she not screaming? That's another good point. She doesn't really scream much at all. She's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's enough that, that i don't think that i think that definitely be a screaming death i don't think that one would prohibit you from screaming um so anyway we cut back to ramsey asking nicole if she's seen live and nicole says no ramsey knows that she hasn't opened her secret santa gift yet and after some awkward chit chat he kind of pressures her pressures her Pressures, ugh, God, I can't even talk. Pressures her into opening it and comes off, and it comes off really creepy. Like, again, they're really forcing Ramsey to make you think he's the killer. Like, why is he for, pushing her so hard to open up this gift? 
Uh, but before she does, in comes Brian to kind of break it up and save Nicole. Yeah. We jump to Carissa in the bathroom, um, who a, a different bathroom. Obviously, I guess it's not the same one that Liv was just killed in. And she decides she's going to take a hot bath. Um, as she enters, we hear Dwayne shout. So I guess her this bathroom is attached to her bedroom. And because we hear Dwayne shout out, I just need a minute. And she shouts back, just give it up, Dwayne, because you certainly can't get it up. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. See, that's what I'm talking about. Ouch. <laughs> Dwayne continues to lie in bed talking to himself about his bad day. Um, his, his bad day, his uncooperative erection that has finally decided to show up now uh, a little too late, you know. Then he hears what sounds like large scissors opening and closing several times. Or maybe it's the sound of a certain pair of garden shears opening and closing. Because that's exactly what it is as we see the garden shears that he got in his secret Santa present pop up into frame at the foot of the bed. Then we see a gloved hand, what I was not expecting this, uh, reach down and grab the tip of Dwayne's dick. And with the help of the gardening shears, cuts off Dwayne's dick at the base of the shaft. And yeah, you actually see this happen. You get the full decapitation. Uh, was not quite ready for that in this movie. Uh, That's bl- pretty extreme. Pretty, pretty extreme. Pretty extreme. Yeah. Blood sp- spurts out of the severed dick stump. It's spraying everywhere. Um, we cut back to Carissa stripping down, getting into her bubble bath. Uh, but you don't really, all you get to see is her ass and a very quick shot of side boob here. It uh, is so weird because they show her from the back facing the tub and she just deliberately removes each piece of clothing. It's so awkward. <laughs> I it was really okay is. with it. I didn't. Yeah, I, I know you were, you perv. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that up. <laughs> so she lowers herself into the uh, down to the bubbly suds, and we see the killer enter the bathroom and plug in the old beat up hair dryer that Carissa got as her secret Santa gift. Carissa has her eyes closed, but she does hear someone come in. However, she thinks it's Dwayne, uh, still trying to get some. Um, but not getting an answer from Dwayne, she looks up and sees the mass killer standing over her. She screams. The killer holds up the hair dryer and tosses it into the tub. Krista balls up and like, you know, like a feel, but like balls, balls herself up. But what happens next? Again, actually made me laugh a bit and smile because I've no, I've talked about this shit several times on the show and actually kind of mentioned it just a little while ago. So what happens is the killer tosses the hair dryer into the tub. But when he tosses it, it actually gets unplugged from the wall and because the cord isn't long enough to reach, so the hairdryer just doesn't even reach the tub. It just clanks onto the floor. And I was like, it's funny. And Carissa, just re- Carissa relaxes a bit. She unballs herself, looks at the killer with a, like, just like, like really look on her face. <laughs> the killer looks down at the hairdryer, sighs, like, oh. Then looks back at Carissa, who just screams again, like, oh, shit. Uh, and there's a quick shot of Nicole hearing Carissa scream. But, of course, she thinks it's just Carissa banging Dwayne. Du- uh, the killer picks She's up the hairdryer and just starts to brutally beat Carissa in the face with it. Just bludgeons her over and over in the face. 
Blood's flying everywhere. We see Carissa's forehead start to like get dented in. Like it gets bent, dented in uh, in the fore like in, in the forehead from the repeated uh, hair dryer blows. Doesn't look bad. Does not look bad. It looks brutal. Pretty good. The final blow leaves a hair dryer sized crater in her forehead. The hair dryer itself is like all bent up and squished now from the beating. Um, the forehead it, it gushes blood down this, uh, from said you know crater on her face. Chris is twitching and spasming as she sinks down under the bloody water dead. Uh, pretty good death. Um, back in the living room, Ramsey finishes his drink, then goes to look for Liv. But uh, he bumps into Brian in the hallway. Uh, Brian says, hey, I haven't seen Liv. And, it, uh, and he's like, I'll go look in the basement for her. So that's odd, but there he goes. Um, so Brian, Brian, uh, Ramsey and Brian end up going their separate ways. Uh, there's a short scene with Brian and Nicole talking about Liv not being able to find her. Um, the two of them hear a noise from the bathroom. They go to check it out. When they enter the bathroom, they find Ramsey standing over Liv's dead, bloody body, holding the electric carving knife. Ramsey, no, 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 it wasn't me. Uh, I, I swear. Uh, okay. I don't know what's going on here. Aaron's giving me something. Um, Brian Nicole run out of the house into Brian's car. He opens the door for her, tells her to get in. But what he doesn't see that Nicole does is a bloody Michael Myers knife on the car seat on the passenger seat. Not understand like why Nicole is hesitating. Brian tries to uh, grab her and force her into the car. Nicole fights it back either. I'm not sure if she punches him in the stomach or knees him in the junk. I really can't tell, but it's one of those. Either way, he collapses to the ground. Nicole runs back into the house, locking the door behind her. Brian gets up, bangs on the door while yelling, like, open up. Come on. We got to get out of here. Um, Nicole grabs a fire poker. Brian goes over to this large living room window, like a picturesque picture window. Still trying to get Nicole to open the door. Nicole's like, I can't, I can't. And that's when you see the killer like fucking leap off the small stone wall by the front door and like flying tackle Brian to the ground. Uh, it's just funny. Look, I liked it. Nicole watches as the killer hacks Brian to death. And then the killer holds up Brian's severed head for Nicole to see. And I love this part because the, 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 the music comes back in like Brian, like the weird synthesizer music comes in. The, the film gets grittier. It's like skipping a little bit. It's like vibrating more. Like they're emphasizing this kill. Like this is fucking happening now. The people are aware. And it seemed like they did a nonverbal cue that shit's getting intense. I really liked that part quite a bit. Uh, I felt like uh, it was intentional. It was well done. Yeah, also, the- Marshall, this at this moment, I need to pee. Oh, Okay, well, we will take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. (laughs) And I'm back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the gift that keeps on giving is peas. When you hold a pea so long and you let it go, man, it's like priceless. It's like you can't put value on a moment like that. It's true. It's true. I get it. I get where you're coming from, man. 
Um, so we just had uh, Nicole, uh, the killer, hack off Brian's head and show it to Nicole. Nicole screams, uh, runs into the kitchen to get uh, one of the large knives, but finds that the knife block is empty. The knife stand, whatever you want to call it. The back door starts to jiggle, but you know she sees the door door uh, doorknob start to jiggle out. But after a moment, it stops. She grabs her cell phone to call for help, but Ramsey shows up in the hallway asking what's going on. At this point, the killer pops up behind Ramsey, stabs Ramsey through the ear with a screwdriver, killing Damn. him. That's brutal. Uh, the killer puts pulls the screwdriver out of Ramsey's head, turns his attention to Nicole, who begins to back away. Uh, but she but she backs right into another killer dressed identical to the other one, holding <gasps> a knife. So, oh fuck, there's two of them. Did not see that coming. Nicole swings wildly at the one behind her, but misses. The first killer grabs Nicole from behind in a bear hug, but she's able to kick the new killer in the stomach, then stomps on the foot of the killer holding her. This causes the one holding her to release Nicole, who spins around and runs killer one through with the fire poker. So basically impales the fire poker straight through. And now we see that this killer, when the killer is um, hunched over in pain from being stabbed or impaled with a fire poker, we see this killer has breasts. So, okay, one of them is a girl. Uh, Nicole picks up the knife that killer two dropped as a, what the shit, a third fucking killer comes into the kitchen (laughs) and knocks Nicole out cold. What the fuck? Three goddamn killers now. Hold. So not only do we have one, we have not two, two, we have three. We have three. three. Uh, 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 identical <laughs> Nicole comes to lying on the kitchen floor, looking up at the three killers, all of whom remove their ski mask. And we see that it's the three Christmas carolers who we've seen throughout the movie. Motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. The killers stand there with these creepy smiles on their face as Nicole passes out again. This time when she wakes up, she's still in the kitchen, and now she's tied to a chair. Uh, the the chair or the scene leads to the killer's villain monologue about why they're doing this. Uh, and it's kind of funny. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to describe this properly, but I'm gonna do my best. So the it's, 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 I gotta, before you start, it is, it's going to be hard to describe. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do my best here. Uh, the male caroler says that it all started back on Christmas, 1987. And that all he wanted was a miss Molly doll. Now this goes on with the male caroler breaking down and having cr- several crazy fits while the old lady caroler tries to console him. Acts like a motherly figure, and they keep cutting to the 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 yeah. This the is oven all and timer. Yeah, it's this is all done in a kind of amusing. Uh, instead of one long drawn out monologue or scene, it gets chopped up into into like jumping fragments. And there's also like in Aaron said, there's a bit of the of the oven clock, because um, shortly right after the male male caroler starts his rant or monologue. Nicole kind of looks over and sees that the clock says 104. But as the fragments jump and continue, it shows Nicole still tied up, looking over at the clock that now reads 217. 
Uh, then more crazy bits, like the killer's like, you know, throwing stuff around, telling stories, going we crazy. Get a, we get a flash of the gal who is uh, the, the one killer who was stabbed in the stomach, who's like turning, she's like starting to fade away. Yeah. She's turning blue. Um, he's throwing dish towels around the kitchen. We see, uh, we learned her name's May, like you said, the young, the younger female character sitting on the floor, bleeding out from the stomach, like looking around for help and being ignored. There's another clock shot of the oven clock now reads 3.05. So they, they, can't, they make something. So this whole thing's lasted two hours of him just going on this rant and this monologue. And it's done in a way that's kind of funny and well done. I, I, I like the way they shot it. Uh, Nicole manages to get her hands on a piece of broken glass from a bottle that the male caroler smashes during one of his rants. Uh, and then it just the, the movie just blacks out. Uh, and it comes back with the male caroler saying, that's why, and it just says, that's why, Nicole. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm doing it. So he just ends it with, that's why. Um, who simply says that, and, and Nicole says, uh, that is by far the most stupid fucking reason to kill anybody. And you could have just given me the Cliff Notes version of that story. Uh, Nicole snaps and he, you know, he's like, two hours Two out, Jesus Christ! I would have killed myself by now if my hands weren't tied. Uh, again, I enjoy this bit. It, it, now we're getting look kind of some fun, low humor, lightheartedness here in this part. Um, the older lady warns Nicole that she's made him mad now, and that it's not easy to calm him down once he's mad. Uh, the old lady calls over for May to bring her, but she stops mid sentence when she sees that May is now dead on the floor. Has bled out during the male's rant and his monologue. So again, and this is like of... the only time I felt like a little bit of Canadian uh, accent coming. It's like he goes, "Oh, geez, she bled out." Yeah, this is the one time. Yeah, the, the old lady oh, definitely that accent comes oh, out of the older lady. Um, Nicole tries to reason with the older lady at this point. The older lady says, "I'm not a good person." On the contrary, I'm a psychopathic killer with a knack for body dismemberment. So it's not your pleas aren't really going to work. Uh, the two killers tell Nicole that they want her to open her present. The male slides this large box over to Nicole, who asks for help since her hands are tied. So when the man leans over to help her unwrap the box, Nicole slashes out with a broken piece of glass, slicing him across the cheek. Then she starts trying to cut herself free. But the old lady takes off her scarf, charges Nicole, ready to strangle Nicole with the scarf. But Nicole frees herself in time, grabs a knife on the floor, and stabs the old lady in the stomach. The old lady coughs up some mouth blood, falls to the floor dead. Nicole takes off running. The male killer chases after her. She makes it to her bedroom, dies on her bed. And when the killer rushes in after her, she starts throwing dildos at him. One of which smacks him right in the fucking eye, knocking him over and seemingly unconscious for being whapped in the head with a massive dildo. Uh, Nicole kneels down and takes the fire poker from his hand. This wakes him up. Seeing Nicole standing over him with the fire poker, he's, he says, oh shit. Nicole screams, charges at him. He scrambles to his feet. He runs away being chased by Nicole. The two end up fighting he tackles her to the floor, punches her a few times in the face with some of the worst on-screen punches I've seen in a while. It was really bad looking. Yeah. Nicole knees him in the junk again. Uh, she that's that's her go-to spot, I guess. Um, 
This allows her to get up. She shouts, uh, or no, she's about to go for the killing blow with the fire poker, but he reaches over, grabs the knife sticking out of the old lady's body, rips it out of her and uses it to stab Nicole in the stomach. With the blade still in her, he pushes Nicole up against the wall while saying, I've also had a thing for you, naughty Nikki, then licks her cheek. Nicole gets a burst of adrenaline, pushes him off of her, stabs him with the fire poker, running it all the way through him. Um, he coughs up a lot of mouth blood, looks at her and says, well played. A weakened Nicole falls to the floor. The killer who's still standing there raises the knife above it to finish off Nicole, but he's weakened, bleeding out. He loses his strength, causing him to drop the knife. He says, fuck me. He limps over to the back door, turns to Nicole and says, you haven't heard the last of me. And then he leaves. Nicole coughs up some more mouth blood and seems to die. It's rare to see that in a horror movie where the killer is so like inflicted by his wounds that he decides to stop his assault and to retreat for recovery. It's so rare to see that. It is. It's like, I don't know. I I'm off the top of my head right now. I can't think of any other movie where I've seen that. I'm happen. sure it's happened before. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure it has, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm sure if we if we put our heads together over 20 minutes, we could probably come up with an instance. <laughs> but it's not, it's it's actually kind of refreshing to see. Yeah. Um. So, uh, at this point, it blacks movie blacks out, and it comes back. We, we now time jump one year later. We see Nicole getting dropped off at her new place by a new friend. Savannah. Inside, Inside, Nicole locks the door, then goes to her bedroom where she opens the drawer. And in her nightstand, we see several more dildos and vibrators. Nicole smiles at them. At a girl. We cut to a POV view of someone watching Nicole through a window as she goes into the bathroom. Once the bathroom door closes, we see the stalker open the window. And when he crawls through the window, we see that it is, of course, the male caroler. He goes and hides in Nicole's closet and pulls out a knife while she finishes up in the bathroom. He hears the bathroom door open and close and watches as Nicole sits down at her computer desk while putting on her pink wig, getting ready for another show. He ducks back into the closet for a moment as Nicole starts her webcam show. Once she's engaged with her viewers, he slips out from the closet, sneaks up behind her and stabs down in the top of Nicole's head just like he did with the, the stalker girl earlier, but he quickly realizes that something doesn't feel right. He spins the chair around and he sees that he stabbed a sex doll wearing a wig. He looks over at the computer to see the word gotcha on the screen. And he just simply says, Oh shit. Now we see Nicole under the bed with a chainsaw. The caroler shouts out, where are you? You little bitch. With that, we hear Nicole start the chainsaw up. And to see the caroler screaming out in agony as a chainsaw cuts through his ankles. He collapses to the floor, tries to crawl away. Nicole stands up and says, thanks for the present. It really came in handy. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Then proceeds to cut off the male male caroler's head with the chainsaw. Blood sprays everywhere. Nicole gets bathed in blood. As she laughs and screams and looks pretty fucking great. 
There's a close-up of the Carolers' bloody neck stump spurting out blood. Blackout. Roll credits. That Merry is Christmas. Secret Santa. Oh, what a ride. What a fun that ride. Whole ending scene. That whole ending scene is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we didn't quite bring up is that, she, you know, she kept, Nicole kept getting, you know, open your gift, open your gift, open your gift. And it seemed to me, the red herring, it was like, it was like, okay, it's going to be the girl's head. It's going to be the girl in the beginning who's like, oh, it seemed like a head shaped box, like Jerry's head or something nefarious. But we never see her open the gift. Right. She gets teased. She teases opening the gifts here and there. And then at the very end, she's like, thanks for the gift. Oh, it was a fucking chain, a small chainsaw. Yeah. You dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> she cut your ankles off. And now you're dead. Now you're dead. So that brings us to favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. So. I will say the kills were better than I expected in this movie. Were a lot better than I expected they were going to be. So, um, Aaron, what was your favorite kill for this week? Honestly, it's pretty tough. Um, I'm having a hard time deciding what the favorite kill was. Part of me wants to go with the dick capitation, but I have a problem with it. The dick just looked too silly fake. You know, I mean, that, that it... We, we've seen a lot of good stuff in this movie, but the dick they made, the mold of the dick, it was small. And I don't mind a small dick, but it was like comically small. You know, they made I, don't, a comically I didn't think it was small that small. Dick. It just was flaccid. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, but whatever. You had a boner, bro. <laughs> you had a boner, bro. Come if on. If that was a boner, then yeah, okay, it was small. But Anyway, yeah. so I wasn't, I wasn't too happy with the, with the decapitation. Um but I think I'm going to have to go with the finale because I do like the chainsawing off of like chainsawing into the leg, the falling over. And then, you know, just the blood spraying all over Nicole as we see a bloody neck stump just spraying blood. Bleep, 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 and that's how it ends. I liked it. Um, Yeah, I agree. Like I had a hard time too this week because I kept going back and forth because I, I agree with you though. The decapitation uh, wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. But also, I wish there was more to it. Like, I wish it would have been like cut the dick off and then like stab him in the eyes with the garden shears or something. Like, because I don't think shove it in his mouth. Yeah, shove or yeah, do something with it because that wouldn't necessarily kill him. He, he would bleed a lot, but you could stop the bleeding. And it, but you never see an actual killing blow on Dwayne. He just so you never really see it. Um, and I wish it would have been like a post credit scene where we see Dwayne like crawling out of the house or something like that, holding his sever- like his bleeding crotch trying to get help or something. I, I don't know. But that didn't happen. Uh, but the first kill with the power drill and the eyeball, you know, that's a, that looked good. It um, does, yeah. The Carissa's kill in the bathtub was funny and entertaining with the, the, the hair dryer coming unplugged first and then the and uh, the reactions and even like the the effects of her getting beat with it, like where the forehead starts to dent in, uh, looks really good. But and the, and the one you just said, the chainsaw kill at the end, those were great looking kills. So I don't know. I I think I'll probably go with. God damn, I don't know. The defending the, the the final kill was great. Uh, it probably is the best kill in the movie. 
by sure it's the most, but I kind of find the most humorous or entertaining one was Carissa just because of the, I, I enjoyed seeing the hairdryer actually come unplugged and they actually took, they weren't, you know, took time to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'll say my favorite kill is probably going to be Carissa's with the hairdryer in the bathtub. Uh, even Good. though the, the chainsaw is probably the best done. Um, all right. So there's that. Uh, let's move on to odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. What a sexy lady. Yeah. So ratings, IMDb gives it a 4.7 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's not even on their site at all. And Amazon gives it a 3.7 out of 5. So slightly higher on Amazon than normal. Uh, Plot keywords, there's only 5. Christmas horror, holiday horror, secret Santa, slasher, and gore were the only plot keywords that I could uh, that they had. Um, trivia. Now, surprisingly, there were some a little bits of trivia I was able to dig up. Uh, first of all, Annette Wozniak, who played Nicole, didn't know what a webcam girl was prior to playing uh, the role of Nicole in this film. Uh, the filmmakers only had a camera and crane for one single day of shooting, or not a camera, but they had a, a crane for one day. Uh, it was shot over the course of 15 days. Um, Jeff Almond, who plays Dwayne, actually does suffer from insomnia. <laughs> um, ride director Mike McMurray is the voice of the alarm clock that you heard here in Dwayne's room. Uh, several members, several family members of ride director Mike McMurray appears extra in this movie, probably classroom mates and other people. Um, the budget of this movie was raised through crowd, a crowdfunding campaign on the internet, so probably like Kickstarter or something. Uh, and Brent Baird, who auditioned, auditioned for the role of uh, Dwayne, I believe, but ended up getting the role of Brian. Uh, and, of course, all the gore effects were done practically, so that, that's no big um, surprise there. Um, but... So we move on to this week. We find we do get to play the budget game. They spent how much? The budget game. All right, Aaron, are you ready to guess this week's budget game? I've, I'm feeling like this is a very intimate affair. 15 days. It cannot be more than $10,000. You had a Kickstarter goal. I'm going to guess $10,000. Your guess is ten thousand dollars. All right. It's Canadian or American? Oh, I should say it is Canadian. It's Canadian. Ooh, uh, I don't know how to translate. Whatever, ten thousand. Ten thousand. <laughs> um, you came in over the budget. Um, if you were just one or two thousand close, I'd probably give you the win uh, because it's such a small. But the budget for this movie was six thousand dollars Canadian. So very close. I, I mean, yeah, I mean that's I, I feel like that's that's pretty good guess, honestly. Yeah. If you were said eight thousand, I'd give you the win on that one. But You're yeah. a stingy fucking grinch, I'll tell you. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna give me the win. I'm within five thousand dollars. And you're like, nah, nah, yeah. Well, say within five thousand dollars on a budget at six thousand dollars. I mean, you could have guessed what? A thousand five hundred, and you would have been like, "Oh, I'm in five thousand dollars. I win." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm within four thousand dollars. How about that? What, what, what was it? Was it six thousand dollars? Six thousand. I said, if you were, if you had said eight thousand, I would have given you the win. You're a, you're a, you're a Grinch. You're a Grinch, you <laughs> son of a bitch. 
<laughs> All right. Well, regardless, you'll get you'll probably get to try again next week. So this brings us to our moral comment. Combat. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. versus wrong, light versus dark. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Kombat combat? All right. So there were 48 total reviews on Amazon for this movie. 50% of those are five stars with only 15% being one star. I really... I was really surprised by that ratio. I was really shocked at that. It's a pretty so, good, pretty good, uh, pretty good. I can't talk right now. I'm getting a little too Christmas cheer. It's pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good indication that it was a good movie. So our five-star ones, we talk, we're kicking out with B. Wazden. Secret Santa might be the best Christmas slasher ever made. I liked it even better than Silent Night, Deadly Night because it has a lot of quirky humor to add to the mayhem. Very clever and might also be the top 10 best slashers I've ever seen, period. And I've seen a lot of slashers. Five stars. I always find it funny how people have to, like, qualify. Emphasize. Themselves. Like, 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 I've, I've seen, seen so many slashers, Yeah, bro. I've seen so much horror. And I'm, blah, blah, I'm like, enough of that shit. Um, so anyway, Robert T. Jansen writes... I love this movie. I'm not much of a fan of either slasher or Christmas movies, but you put the two together and this one had me laughing through most of the film. Five stars. Marty Hazelton writes, destined to become a cult classic. I want to play this alongside a Christmas story just for fun. Ho, ho, ho. Five stars. Joe Wirtz. The movie is amazing. The acting is phenomenal. Clearly the work of future superstars. If you didn't go to college, it might be too highbrow. Five stars. If you wait, hunt. Yeah. If you what, didn't go if you to did college, not go to college, it might be too if, highbrow. <laughs> so if if you're high school educated, this may be too highbrow for you. Yeah, you won't get it. It's over your head. <laughs> <laughs> What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? That's, that's the stupidest thing to say about this movie. I know. I think I've... So I had to read that one. <laughs> All right. From Becca Phelps writes, awesome movie just in time for the holidays. The cast did an awesome job. It is very funny and insanely over the top gory movie. Make sure you support, make sure you support indie horror and give this one a shot. Uh, the last two five stars were from Golden G. I was lucky enough to see this movie at the Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. I love low-budget movies, and this was one. This one was hands down my favorite one of the festival. I even pre-ordered the DVD so I could show my friends. I can tell you when the makers of this movie. I can tell you the makers of this movie had fun making it. This movie is great for lovers of low-budget five stars. And last from Whitney McMurrin. I think you've heard that last name before. Amazing movie. Michael McMurrin is going to be the Toby Hooper of this generation. Five stars. <laughs> I got to read ones that are written by like 
the director's wife <laughs> or girlfriend or something or sister or, mom? or something. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's fantastic. I I love those type of things. Yeah. Maybe it's wife, mom, sister, but calls him the Toby Hooper of this generation for running for this movie. Holy crap. It's a weird one to pick Toby Hooper. Yeah. Um, and I, I know I know indie people love Toby Hooper and it's a it's a it's a you gotta be kinda in the cult horror genre. I guess, I guess, but you you think he'd go like Clive Barker or Wes Craven. Wes Craven, or, maybe John Carpenter yeah. or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Toby Hooper. Yeah. So on the other side of that coin, on the other side of this fight, uh, we have the one star guys pleading their case, uh, from James C. Smith writes destined, uh, designed to have a retro look with artificial print damage. That's where this creativity ends. Everything about this was untalented and tedious, horrible dialogue, very poor acting, no real plot, mediocre directing, unlikable characters, lame justification for the killings, which mostly didn't happen until the end. And by the way, what happened to the sledgehammer in the cover art? That never appeared. Next to zero imagination and filmmaking skill, was this McMurrin's amateur? Was this McMurrin amateur really just some 16-year-old kid shooting with his cell phone? That would explain a great deal. One star. Ouch. Yeah. From Charlie I, I, with two E. I will agree. I will agree with the cover art with uh, the, the sledgehammer because I would have liked to have seen a sledgehammer, but everything else is a little, a uh, little, little harsh. Yeah. Um, from Charlie with two E's. I was actually looking forward to this movie after reading the reviews. Sadly, I was let down. The acting is terrible and the plot is not well executed. Not sure why anyone says it has great gore effects since you barely see any. Nothing really happens in this movie. It's just one boring dialogue scene after another. Total low-budget snooze fest. One star. Michael Ashbury writes, Typical five for $5 movie. Poor acting overall cheese. This is a movie that was more horror... Horrible than horror, one star. L. Roberts writes, I get what they were aiming for, but they missed. And lastly, from Libby, there was no sledgehammer in this movie. Sad, <laughs> tear. If there was, it would have gotten an infinity out of five. So that bitch really likes sledgehammers, apparently. So two people are pissed that this thing didn't have a sledgehammer in the that movie. That bitch gets off on sledgehammers. She must get wet at the words Triple H. Jesus I, yeah. Christ. <laughs> I like, yeah. They're all Triple H fans. Like, yeah, I was like, what the hell? So, I don't know. Um, that's what other people have to say. That's the fight this week. Five star, one star. Let's put an end to this debate, Aaron. What are what are we ruling this movie? What do you got this week? Well, Marshall, in the spirit of Christmas, oh, 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 I'm going to have to say so bad it's good. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. So bad it's good. Um, it was super low budget. And you can tell right off the bat it's super low budget. But as we said time and again, they don't try too hard. They don't oversell. They do a good job accentuating the positives, which was a little bit of humor, a little bit of, you know, the, the, the gore. I think they did really well on. And they tried to hide the negatives as much as possible. Yes, there were a few plot holes. Yes, there were a few moments where we're like, well, it doesn't quite work. But I think that does come down to just the budget and not being able to, like, shoot extra scenes. Um, movie like this, you want it to be 120 minutes. Like, you know, you want it to be an hour and 20 minutes. You want it to be short, sweet, to the point. 
And we, yeah, we didn't comment on it. it. They delivered. They it delivered. is actually they did it a, is a shorter job, movie. So it's not that long. It's like an hour fifteen. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. I think it was an hour and eighteen minutes. Or pardon, yeah, hour and eighteen minutes. I'm happy. I'm happy with what I saw. I'm happy with the time. I'm happy with the performances. Uh, I'm happy with Canadians using American dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy, man. Uh, I, I opened up a good gift. Thank you. Well, Thank you, welcome. Marshall. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. You seem to be in a much better mood now than when we started. Well, I've also had like seven beers That's and like true. three shots. And that always helps. Um, the funny thing about this on my thing is uh, I watched this movie probably for the first time a year or two ago around Christmas time. Cause I, you know, thinking about doing it uh, for one of our other Christmas uh, marathon stuff, but it didn't make it into those particular years. And I remember hating it. I remember watching it and actually like, falling asleep through some of it. And like, this is, but when I went back and watched it for this year, something happened to me. Like, I don't know. I ended up saying, I ended up loving it. Like, so it's hundred percent so bad. It's good. Um, I think like, I don't know what changed, but I think it's I, everything you said. I agree with like, I think, the writing is actually pretty well. I think that the, I think Carissa and Nicole really helped sell this movie. Um, the person who played Liv was pretty solid too. Um, there's some real subtle. You know, the humor is on point. It, it's not completely over the top, but it's got its lighthearted, humor-filled moments that really work. The kills are solid. The gore effects were way better than I expected. It's not a long movie. Um, I think it's just, I think it's a fun ride. Yeah, it has a few slower moments here and there to build it up, but a lot of movies do. I definitely think this is one people should go check out, especially since it's free on Amazon right now. It's only like I said, it's an hour and eighteen minutes, uh, and that's probably including the credits. So probably not maybe an hour twelve, hour fifteen minutes at, at best. Um, I'm sure I'll probably have something else better to say about it after I get done recording. But 100% say so bad it's good. It's a, it's a present little. A pleasant little surprise Christmas slasher movie that people should watch for the holidays um, at least one time. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I'm saying. So, Marshall. Yeah. Go ahead. You say, you're no, saying no, so go bad. Ahead. No, bad. Go, go on. Well, I mean, it's the end of it's the end of the year, the end of the Christmas season. We won't have another episode till after Christmas. Right. So what what are some of your Christmas wishes? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't fucking know. Uh, I, um, because you're a horrible Grinch, you yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm, uh, Christmas isn't my favorite holiday. I, I, I don't really care for it all that much. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess being able to actually get your ass back in the studio would be nice. Um, that I guess that would be my Christmas wish. Actually, be able to drink with you in person again. But there you go. I'll go with that. Um, yeah. That's what I was looking for. There That's what I was looking for. A little, a little Christmas rub from you. <laughs> this has been the hardest goddamn year ever. I mean, let's face it. No one in our, you know, even even our grandparents. Maybe some of our grandparents lived through 1917, 1918 during the Spanish flu. No one in our entire time has had to confront the fucking epidemic that we're facing now. Here I am sitting in my fucking closet talking to Marshall, talking to you guys, 
getting drunk when I should be in studio having fun, exchanging gifts, and then going out for more drinks afterwards and possibly eating so much wings I'm going to puke. But no, we're here. We're in this situation. It sucks. I miss wings. It really, really, really sucks. So I'm happy to hear your Christmas wish is for us to be together again. Yeah, of course. I mean, that'd be the one. Yeah. Um, I miss going out to the bars and getting stupid drunk and having fun. I miss Jefferson's wings. Uh, those are the best wings I've ever had. Uh, yeah, I miss all that. It's, uh, so fuck. Yeah. Um, now I don't remember else I was going to say, I had something to say, I don't remember what the fuck it was. So whatever. Uh, me Merry Christmas and goodwill. Oh, till- I was going to say, um, yeah, yeah, we won't be back for the next up, uh, next week's episode. Assuming there are no more difficulties or setbacks, um, we will. Even though it will be after Christmas, we are going to close out December with one more Christmas movie, uh, and that is again. Should everything go right and no setbacks, we will be doing Silent Night, Deadly Night four. Uh, keep on with our tradition uh, of our Silent Night, Deadly Night series, knocking those out one year at a time. So looking forward to that. Um, I actually, I've never seen number four before, so I'm looking forward to finally seeing it. Hoping again, hope me neither. Nothing you know what? Number three here. sucks so goddamn bad. I don't know if I want to see number four, motherfucker. Number one, number two for life. <laughs> With that said, guys, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. You know what to do in the meantime. Watch more horror movies and remember to always keep it tight. <laughs> ho, 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 ho.